Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it, let's do it, let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, and I'm your host, John June. It's Monday night on a rainy Monday night. Happy Labor Day, everybody. It's a solo pod tonight. No Greg. Uh, he's got some uh, personal issues that he's got to, you know, sort out himself. So, um, you know, we are still going to bring this show here to you. Um, covering news and notes. Matthew Stafford, Rams quarterback, has no limitations, according to, to Sean McVay. So, Obviously, um, you know, as we get to this Thursday night game here with the Buffalo Bills and the L.A. Rams, the storyline is going to be Matthew Stafford and that elbow seeing how, you know, he can turn out um, on Thursday. According to Sean McVay, again, has no limitations, but, you know, uh, that's obviously, you know, coach speak until the game start on for, you know, for the Rams on Thursday. Um, in terms of the Buffalo Bills, Isaiah McKenzie, he returned to practice on Sunday. So that's good news. Um, you know, somebody that I had talked about in our wide receiver positional breakdown episode. So if you want to, um, you know, go back and listen to those, you, you are definitely more than welcome. Obviously, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Google Play, uh, wherever you can listen to most podcasts, you'll find us there. Also, you can watch us live. Uh, four times a week uh, on YouTube as well as on Twitch and uh, Periscope. Uh, so, you know, you could always, you know, feel free, subscribe, like, hit the notification bell so you could definitely catch our latest episodes. And, um, yeah, moving on to the the rest of the news. Uh, Bill Belichick was complimentary of uh, New England Patriots running back Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, of his route running this time. He's been complimentary of him a, a couple times throughout camp. So that's interesting to me because, you know, Belichick is not really one to uh, give, you know, effusive praise of his own players. Uh, but Ramondre Stevenson, a second-year player, has been getting praise as of late. So, you know, that's a guy that was Greg's running back sleeper, um, a guy that, you know, I, you know, I am high on as well. So. I definitely like his upside. So if you're still drafting, definitely someone that, you know, you could, you know, look to target. Um, Rookie tight end Isaiah Likely is reportedly the closest thing to an answer that the Ravens have as a third receiving option. Uh, So, you know, Isaiah Likely, uh, fourth round pick, I believe, of the Baltimore Ravens. Um, He is plays tight end. We know that the Ravens offense is one that you're going to see a lot of backs. You're going to see a lot of tight ends. They're, you know, getting a lot of, uh, you know, heavy, big personnel and, and they want to beat you up and, and, and likely is the kind of guy, the kind of receiving threat, uh, you know, or offensive weapon rather in this case that can line up either as a tight end position, um, you know, or can line up in the slot or outside as a receiver, uh, and and make some things happen there. He he kind of you know I'm again when I when I say things like this I'm not saying that he is this ca- this caliber of player or will be this caliber of player. 
Uh, but, you know, he just rem- does things on the field that kind of reminds me of this player in terms of his movement skills and things like that. But he kind of reminds me of Darren Waller and just how he moves, um, you know, how, how he's able to make things happen after the catch. So he's definitely intriguing, probably more intriguing in dynasty leagues. But for a Ravens team that doesn't have a ton of receiver, um, you know, they have Mark Andrews as their as their top weapon, obviously. Uh, they're hoping that Rashad Bateman can take the can take the leap and and be, um, you know, be a guy, you know, going forward that you know we that we count on or they they can count on and maybe we can count on from a fantasy perspective. But Isaiah likely could very likely be the third option, um, you know, there in Baltimore if if one doesn't emerge. So there, you know, there might be some weeks where he ends up as a you know, a, a guy that, you know, potentially, you know, we could stream or, you know, we will look at and say, oh, you know, his target share is higher than, you know, some starting t- starting tight ends on other teams. So, like, you know, maybe he's a guy we take a shot on, you know, that way. So um, and then Jeff Wilson of the San Francisco 49ers running backs apparently seems to be the top of the 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 bunch when it comes to backup running backs in San Francisco. Um Jeff Wilson has obviously had his fair share of, of fancy relevant moments. Um he's been you know somebody that we've picked up off the waiver wire and started. Uh and so it seems that he's somebody that again we will uh have to potentially look to at times in the 2022 fantasy football season. So uh, has the edge over the rest of the backups in San Francisco. So again, we'll have to see what is up with uh, Jeff Wilson there. Um, But yes, this is the prediction episode. We are doing uh, predictions. Uh, So you're going to get all of my divisional uh, predictions, the seven playoff teams, my Super Bowl predictions, as well as uh, MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. So moving or moving on to that segment and starting with the AFC East, not going to be much of a surprise here. Uh, this is probably, uh, over the most part, the chalk. Um, coming in at four, I've got the New York Jets. Uh, no surprise there. I mean, they're probably going to be more exciting than we've seen from them in the past. I mean, as evident by their fantasy relevance that we were talking about the other day. Um, but, you know, again, I, I think all of that culminates in a, in a you know, finish at four. Um, you know, the New England Patriots, who I have at three, I don't think, you know, they are, you know, this is probably the weakest roster that they've had. In a, in a long time, um, especially when you count that Tom Brady's not leading it, but uh, Mac Jones did played very well in his own right. Um, you know, played well as a rookie. I just think that overall, from a talent perspective, this roster took a step back. I think that from a you know play calling perspective, they definitely took a step back with um, Josh McDaniels leaving to go to the to the Vegas Raiders, and now you have this contingent of. Matt, Patricia, and Joe Judge, but I don't really have a whole lot of confidence in. So, um, and then combine that with 
you know, I, the, the strength of the Patriots is, you know, typically on the defensive side of the ball has been their, their secondary. Um, I think that there's, you know, they have, you know, uh, they have good depth at the safety position, right? They have Devin McCourty and, um, you know, Kyle Duggar and Jabril Peppers and, um, I'm probably missing somebody in, in that group of safeties there, but uh, they, their strength has typically been at the corner position where, you know, in the past, you know, they had J.C. Jackson who left uh, free agency, and then they had Stephon Gilmore the year before, or, you know, two years before that. Um, and, you know, obviously they had they had Revis for a year as well. So it's like, you know, they've typically been strong at that position. I don't see them being that strong this year. And then you combine that with what I think, you know, will be a step back on offense. Um, they're just not in love with the with the Patriots and and uh you know I don't think that they can finish uh two in this division. I think that goes to the Miami Dolphins who the Dolphins have made a ton of upgrades. Um you know they were able to acquire Tyreek Hill so that you know provides an explosiveness to their offense that um frankly this division doesn't really have um and, and you know outside of maybe Buffalo um, but you know, the dolphins, you know, also upgraded their offensive line. Uh, they made some, some additions on defense as well. So I think the dolphins are in, you know, they're definitely in, um, you know, a good spot here to finish at least two in the AFC East and, and potentially, uh, make a run here at, at a playoff spot. Um, and then obviously number one is the Buffalo bills. They're not playing for. A, a division championship here. Uh, they're not playing to be AFC East champions. They're playing to be world champions. Um, so, you know, that's obviously something, you know, having them here as, as number one is, is easy decision. Um, you know, not, it's just a matter of for the bills, what happens to them in the playoffs and, you know, going forward. So um, moving on to the NFC East, um, starting at number four, uh, New York Giants, uh, you know, I think, you know, Brian Dayball definitely comes in and, and helps, you know, change some of the perspective of the Giants a little bit, uh, you know, especially in the offense side of the ball. Well, last year we were watching Joe Judge um, call for, you know, quarterback Niels, you know, from his uh, own you know, inside his own 10 yard line on like second and third down uh, so he can punt. So it's kind of crazy to see that. But, you know, Daniel Jones, I think, has a, a chance to survive here under Brian Dayball. So we'll see what happens there uh, defensively. I think, you know, under um, Wink Martindale, I think that they'll be strong defensively. Their pass rush will be um, one that is formidable and in terms of, you know, one you have to look out for. So definitely think that the giants, you know, while being a strong, a strong out, uh, will still finish fourth in this division. Um, third will be the Washington commanders. You know, Carson Wentz definitely is a slight upgrade at the quarterback position for them, uh, over what Taylor Heineke had, had provided for most of the year last year, but I definitely, uh, don't think that they that you know that leads to them being a team that um, has significant gets significantly better in 2022. Um, a team I do think gets better in 2022 is the Philadelphia Eagles. 
who I have finishing as number two in this division. I think that they, you know, all the, all the additions that they made, um, you know, AJ Brown on the offensive side of the football, uh, adding, you know, a guy like Cam Jurgens in the draft, who's looked really good um, and is their future at center, but, you know, is going to play some guard while Jason Kelsey continues to, you know, to, to, to play out his career as the starting center for Philadelphia. I think that on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Jordan Davis uh, is going to help that defense tremendously. They also upgraded significantly at linebacker. Uh, so I think that the Eagles, uh, you know, also got James Bradbury from, from the Giants, you know, uh, to pair up with Darius Slay to form, you know, one of the, the top corner duos. So I think the Eagles um, – you know, could potentially make a push here for, you know, for winning this division uh, and potentially a playoff spot here. Um, you know, especially when you consider, I don't really, you know, the Cowboys are a team that I do have finishing first in the division, obviously. Um, I don't love tying my, I don't really love tying myself to Mike McCarthy there. Uh, you know, he's, one of his teams in Dallas haven't really been disciplined and that's kind of how it was with the, you know, with the Packers as well. So uh, it's tough to, for me to, to, to sit there and confidently back the Cowboys to win the East. Uh, you know, I think they're definitely talented, but coaching does matter in the NFL. And if the Eagles have been able to, to, to close the talent gap, uh, then it's not far fetched that they that they do win the East. Um, the the Tyron Ty Smith injury for the Cowboys definitely adds some concern there. If I'm back in the Cowboys to win the East, uh, we we know that those splits with Dak Prescott. They just signed Jason Peters uh, to their I guess their practice squad, and the, you know the plan is to eventually get him to the active roster. But uh, it's definitely a, a, a tricky situation. Um, you know, taking the Cowboys to win the East, but that was my original uh, selection. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. Although the Eagles are are definitely uh, a nice option uh, if you were gonna, you know, bet responsibly. Of course. Um, moving on to the AFC North, and uh, this one, um, yeah, it wasn't as tough as uh, maybe I, as a tough time as I had going through the East, but uh, the, the NFC East, that is. But the AFC North, uh, the Browns finishing fourth. I mean, um, they paid all that money to Deshaun Watson. He's going to miss 11 games. Um, you know, it kind of is what it is at that point. I think the Browns are – they have a good enough ecosystem that they can win, that they can tread water without, you know, without Deshaun Watson and which Kobe Brissett at quarterback. Uh, you know, they have a strong offensive line. I mean, it's banged up right now, but uh, when healthy, it's it's it is one of the best off one of the best offensive lines in football. Um, they, you know, they have obviously got Nick Chubb, um, who's phenomenal running back. Uh, so, you know, and that outside zone run scheme that they have that Kevin Stefanski's installed, you know, it's one of the best run games in football. Um, you know, Nick Chubb again, you know, he he averages almost five yards a carry. Uh, since entering into that scheme. So um, I think it's actually over five. But anyway, um, you know, I think that they'll, you know, they'll tread enough water. The defense is good. I mean, I don't, I don't think the defense 
I mean, they do get credit, but I don't think they're getting enough credit per se. When, you know, it, like Carolina, for example, and we'll talk about the games, but, you know, they're getting two and a half points. And when you look at that defense, uh, you know, the pass rush that they have between Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, and then, you know, their corners between Denzel Ward, who's probably one of the best in football. And then on the other side of him, they've got, uh, you know, Greg Newsom. Uh, who's a good player as well. So, uh, you know, they have Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, who's, you know, a good linebacker as well. So, I, you know, they got some talent on the defensive side of the football. Uh, so I think, again, like I said, they'll tread water, uh, you know, with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback uh, before Deshaun Watson gets back. Uh, moving on to number three, I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, this one, it, again, this is another one where – the quarterback situation is questionable. I mean, Mitch Trubisky is not very um, – doesn't inspire much confidence uh, as, as a team that I, I, I want to I back for the season. Um, you know, if you're a Steelers fan, I think, you know, you can sell yourself this story. But, um, you know, obviously it, it's really going to come down to Mike Tomlin and, you know, the, the preparation that he's going to instill in his team and, um, you know, his – not one he's never had a losing record in the NFL. So uh, it's going to be tough to see him uh, continue to do that, but he, you know, doesn't have uh Roethlisberger, which he, you know, he's done a lot of that without Roethlisberger too, because Roethlisberger has missed a decent amount of games. So, um, you know, he's had to continue to win even without having big Ben. Um, you know, I think that was also that year that, you know, wasn't a losing season, but I think they went eight and eight. Um, would Big Ben miss like most of the season? So, uh, definitely think on the back of this defense and, and you know, Najee Harris and then you know, the playmakers that they have at, at wide receiver. I think again, there'll be a team that treads enough water, uh, that they don't lose you know, most of their games and and you know, probably end up being a team that goes, uh, you know, nine and seven, or, or I guess you can't go nine and seven, nine and eight. Um, or, you know, maybe they go eight and nine. Who knows? Maybe it's his first losing season. So we'll see. Um, as the two in the AFC North, I've got the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, again, this one was, you know, right. It's like between Cincinnati and, and Baltimore, what are you going to do? Um, and so I obviously, I chose Cincy, but Baltimore, I definitely makes a, definitely think makes a comeback. I, I mean, we talked about Lamar Jackson on this show and and the kind of year that we, that we expect them to have. Uh, and and if he's having a really good season, I think this team is going to go as Baltimore go or as Lamar Jackson goes. But I also think that this defense um, is, you know, they're going to be healthier in in uh, 2022 than they were in 2021. So that's obviously going to help uh, the whole team. And it's going to help the offense, uh, more possessions, or more uh, opportunities to score touchdowns. And uh, I think the Ravens have have their have a comeback year here. Uh, and then the no one seed, the Super Bowl runner-ups. Uh, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals and coming out of the AFC North. Um, you know, you got Joe Burrow in year three, uh, Jamar Chase year two, T. Higgins year three. Uh, these guys, you know, obviously Tyler Boyd. I, you know, he's a vet. Um, so you know, these guys, they're all coming back. Joe Mixon's coming back. Uh, you know, they're, they're most of their defense is coming back. Yeah, so I think that you know they got their core in place, uh, and you know Joe Joe Burrow is a baller, man. So like, you know, we always 
say on this show, um, I don't even know, I forget where I heard it from, but you know, I say it all the time, Joey covers, uh, so cause he does. And so, um, when, when it gets time to start making those picks, you know, we'll just have to remember that in those games that Joey covers. And it's, it's always nice, uh, when, when you're, when you, uh, when, when you're, when you're back in the Bengals on a bet and you're watching, uh, Joe Burrow there work, work his magic there late in the game. So, so um, definitely a talented roster, a talented team. Uh, one that I think, you know, is going to challenge for uh, not just the one seed in the AFC North, but potentially the one seed in the AFC. So, uh, you know, I think they have their sights set on that. Um, so we'll see. So, you know, moving on to the NFC North, uh, the, Fourth team in the NFC North for me is going to be the Chicago Bears. Um, yeah, they didn't really help. They have not helped Justin Fields at all. They've, you know, tore down that roster, um, you know, got rid of Khalil Mack. They seemed like, for, by all accounts, they wanted to or trying to get rid of Robert Quinn, but they they, they didn't get that one done. Um, you know, so I think Eddie Jackson is, is still there. I think he said at one point he felt like, the um, Will Smith meme, the Fresh Prince one. So, um, yeah, I mean, Matt Eberflus comes in from the uh, Indianapolis Colts there to run his scheme. So we'll see what happens on the defensive side of the football. Uh, Roquan Smith is not very happy. Uh, David Montgomery is the guy who's in a contract year in addition to Roquan Smith. So it's curious to see how they handle this situation, but it seems kind of like the the tear down before a massive rebuild uh, with the Chicago Bears there. So, um, yeah, they could finish as the worst team in the in the NFL, but for right now, I'm just going to put them down as the worst team in the NFC North. Um, a third team will be the Detroit Lions. Um, I mean. <laughs> The Lions are funny, man. I mean, not funny. They're like fun to root for. They're like, unless you are obviously like a Vikings fan or a Packers or a Bears fan, or you have some massive ill will against the Lions, which I, unless you were a fan of those teams, I really don't understand what that would be. Um, but anyway, the Detroit Lions, I mean, Dan Campbell, uh, when he was hired, everyone was talking about, you know, is this guy going to be good? This press conference was kind of crazy and like all this stuff. And I'm like, hey, man, I, I love this guy, man. And as we see more and more of them, uh, hard knocks, he was great. So like it's it's like when I see Dan Campbell and, you know, the way he talks to his players and how passionate he is. I mean, this guy was crying because they were losing like one possession games like this guy really cares. He wants to win. Uh, you know, he famously told his team that he would, uh, actually, I think that was Mike Frable, but either way, you know, um, Dan Campbell is really passionate about winning football games and he would, you know, sacrifice a lot to win with, for the Detroit Lions. So, um, number two, I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. I, I mean, I, I guess this is pretty much chalk, um, you know, what I, how I have it here. But the Minnesota Vikings are a team that I really like, uh, even, you know, to potentially make the playoffs. I like them. I think their offense is going to be so much better under Kevin O'Connell. Uh, it's going to be, I think, similar to, you know, kind of what we saw with the with the Chargers last year, uh, how we saw their pass rates, you know, just completely 
um, you know, their neutral game, their neutral game script pass rates just, you know, completely rise. Um, you know, we saw better usage out of Justin Herbert. Uh, and I think we see something similar here with Kirk Cousins, right? Kirk Cousins has always been efficient. Uh, he's always been, you know, a quarterback that was capable of putting up, you know, huge numbers and, and big fantasy performances. Um, but he just doesn't do it consistently. But I think when you play for a head coach like Mike Zimmer, who's going to suffocate you with his, you know, defensive minded identity and his, his, you know, um, the desire to run the football uh, and to cater to his defense. I think that uh, when you play for a head coach like that, it really limits your upside. And so I think that Kirk Cousins here playing for, a, you know, a innovative head coach and Kevin O'Connell uh, is going to potentially lift his ceiling here and potentially lift the ceiling of this team. You know, Kevin O'Connell strikes me as, and I don't know him personally, but coming from, you know, coaching with Sean McVay, you know, you, you know, you, you, you've got to be well-informed. You've got to be, um, you know, you've got to prepare. And I'm not saying that coaches don't prepare, that other coaches don't prepare, but, you know, they, they really, you know, get in depth with their analysis in terms of looking at analytics and things of that nature. And, you know, teams that tend to do that, I'm not saying all the teams that do that, but teams that tend to do that make better decisions. They tend to make better and smarter decisions. And that ultimately leads to winning more football games, the aggregation of marginal gains, right? Like it leads to winning more football games typically. So uh, I'm looking forward to com to seeing that bear out in Minnesota. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But I definitely like the Minnesota Vikings as a team to take a step forward in 2022. Um, and then there's the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter. It hasn't mattered like who's been on the team or, you know, what's been going on. As long as 12 is back there um, under Mike LaFleur, Matt LaFleur, sorry, under Matt LaFleur, the Green Bay Packers have been successful, right? I, uh, you know, 13, at least 13 wins. Right? So 12 or 13 under Matt LaFleur each of these last three years, um, you know, the that's incredible. Uh, it's not something, anything to sneeze at. So I, I think, you know, this division once again uh, goes through Green Bay, and and you know some team is going to have to to knock the Packers off the top. Um, moving on to the AFC South, and uh, this one, uh, yeah, number four, I've got the Houston Texans. Uh, I think that. You know, we're going to find out what Davis Mills is. Uh, we'll see, you know, if he is somebody that the Houston Texans can take all these draft picks and build around. Um, but we're going to have to find out in 2022 uh, if that's the case. I mean, he's got weapons with Brandon Cooks and really Brandon Cooks. I mean, obviously, you guys know me. I'm into uh, Nico Collins. Excuse me, I'll drink some water. I'm in a Nico Collins. Um, you know, I was before the draft last year and things of that nature. So uh, I'm, I have confidence that Davis Mills could take a step. I mean, if you're playing two quarterback leagues, I think Davis Mills is somebody that should be on your radar as a, you know, potential third quarterback. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see what happens. Uh, they, you know, the, I, I like what they've done in the secondary, adding Derek Stingley, who, you know, by all accounts has looked really good. He's looked the part. 
Uh, I like what, you know, uh, the, the safety they got out of Baylor and Jalen Pitry. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens defensively there for, for the Houston Texans. Um, but ultimately, I think it, it culminates in them fin- finishing fourth. Uh, third, I like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I think you know, he's my sleeper quarterback. So I, I obviously am anticipating that he takes a step forward in 2022. Uh, I, you know, they, they've invested so much into him, but they've also invested into that defensive side of the football uh, where I think they have so many athletes on that side of the ball that, um, you know, really, you know, uh, creates the situation here where they can just generate you know, pass rush and turnovers, but just with their speed and their length and their athleticism. Uh, so that's really fun to watch uh, as a football fan. But, you know, if you're somebody that really likes defense, you know, as you know, I do. So uh, I I definitely look forward to seeing what Jacksonville uh, can cook up with, you know, the likes of, of the other Josh Allen and, and Trayvon Walker. So um don't think they'll win a lot of football games or anything like that, but I think they'll be fun to watch uh, for sure. Uh, and then number two in the in the AFC South, I'm going with the Tennessee Titans. Um, they obviously get Derrick Henry back, uh, so that's going to be a huge plus. But they lost, they lose AJ Brown, so um, you know that's going to be you know tough to to just completely overcome. I know they drafted Traylon Burks, uh, the rookie wide receiver out of Arkansas, and you know. Um, they, they, you know, they, they trade for Robert Woods from the LA Rams. So, you know, they hopefully can, you know, make up for that loss there. But I think ultimately that it will, um, you know, th- that the Colts are just going to be a better team. I think that they, you know, they, they played really well last year and probably if it wasn't for Carson Wentz, you know, end up winning that division. Um, but I think the, what Matt Ryan adds, you know, to your, to your offense as a quarterback, just like the hidden yardage, like the sacks that he's not going to take, like the, 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 you know, the uh, pass attempts that he's going to, the passes that he's actually going to attempt, right. Those are going to be completions. The ones that, you know, we don't necessarily see, we might see Carson Wentz, you know, throw the ball away or, you know, you know, take a sack and we're like, Oh man, you know, that's, that's not his fault or this offensive lineman, but, you know, Matt Ryan might take that play and make it a completion. Right. So like, you know, those are the kinds of things or make, maybe he checks into a run that's more favorable. Right. So like, those are the kinds of things I think Matt Ryan's going to add to this Colts, this Colts team and this Colts roster uh, with Frank Reich, who's, uh, you know, a quarterback whisperer per se. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, the Colts take a leap forward here and, and finish as the one seed in the AFC South. Um, Moving on to the NFC South, uh, the Falcons come in at number four for me. Uh, you know, Marcus Mariota, I don't really know what to expect. I think it'll be interesting, right? Like, I don't think that they'll be short of points at, you know, certain weeks. I mean, you know, I think between Drake London at wide receiver and obviously Kyle Pitts, you know how big of a fan I am of him. Uh, how much of a fan we are of him on this show. I, I think that Kyle Pitts uh, can can be absolutely dom- dominant this year, uh, but he also is going to depend on Marcus Mariota, and, and I think Desmond Ritter plays some games as well to throw him the football. So there are going to be some inconsistent weeks for the Falcons, um, but I think ultimately uh, you know, there's going to be enough there where 
Drake London, Kyle Pitts, those guys are uh, guys that we'll be able to depend on week to week. Uh, Cordell Patterson, I know that he was a guy that, you know, we were on last year, but it's tough, uh, you know, kind of at the end of last year, they were trying to show us that, hey, well, I don't think we really believe in, you know, maybe we shouldn't have been using, you know, Cordell Patterson this much. Maybe we shouldn't have been working him this much. And they were trying to ease his workload. And, um, you know, so I'm curious to see with all the additions that they've made in the backfield, what kind of role he actually ends up playing this year. Um, but ultimately, I think the Atlanta Falcons, our team, we're going to want to target, um, you know, in, in fantasy, you know, from a defensive perspective. I think that their defense is one that we want to target. I think that, you know, from a DFS perspective, that their games might be end up being ones that we want to target uh, where we bring back, you know, the, you know, we will bring, you know, we could go to Kyle Pitts and Drake London and bring, have a bring back a run back option for the other team. So definitely be one that uh, could be favorable for us to target. Uh, three is the Carolina Panthers. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield gets to start a quarterback over Sam Donald who suffers a high ankle sprain anyway. So, um, you know, I think the Panthers, I don't really know what to expect. I mean, they do get Christian McCaffrey back, but I, I don't know how much that's going to add to the win loss column. I think Matt rule is, and I like Matt rule. I like, I did, uh, I know he was interviewing for the jets job, uh, a while back and, you know, they were going to hire him, but there was something about him wanting to pick you know, his offensive coordinator and the Jets were like, no. And then he was like, well, if I can't pick my OC, I don't want to work here. And then went back to Baylor and then got the Panthers job the, the next year. So um, he strikes me as somebody who's kind of in over his head. So I could very well see the Panthers imploding and finishing as the, the last team in this division, but you know, just based on the roster, based on uh, the win win loss totals, based on what they did last year, um, the model has them coming out as the third team in the in the NFC South, and I don't fully disagree with it. So I, you know, just because of how bad Atlanta could be, uh, I I will stick with Carolina here at three. Um, the New Orleans Saints coming at two. They're a team that. I think that they surprised some people. Um, you know, they're Jameis Winston was playing well last year. You know, they were a team that they were going to be strong defensively, and you were going to have to worry about Alvin Kamara. But you know, now they get Michael Thomas back, right? So that's the situation here where you know I look at the. I look at the New Orleans Saints offense, and if they can score some points which I think they're more than capable of doing, they can score some points, then, you know, their defense is good enough where, you know, they can, they can, you know, hold people uh, to, you know, to keep them into these low scoring games. You know, I, I like the saints this year. I think that they, they surprise some people, uh, but the number one team in, in this division is obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by Tom Brady uh, and when Tom Brady is your quarterback, you have a very, very significant chance of winning your division. And that's pretty much just how it goes. So, uh, you know, obviously, you know, being real, the Bucks, 
offensively, their core is pretty much the same. It's Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They add Julio. They add Russell Gage. They 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 get Leonard Fournette, and you know, obviously, they have Leonard Fournette, but you know, he's their lead back, unquestionably. Um, you know, their defense is still strong. Uh, you know, the only question is, do they shift their philosophy now that? Bruce Arians isn't the head coach. Uh, I don't think that they do that. Obviously, Todd Bowles is the head coach, and so you know he, he he's gonna have his say goes pretty much. But Byron Leftwich, who is the offensive coordinator, was originally hired by Bruce Arians. Came up with Bruce Arians was the OC the last the previous year. I don't see him pre. I don't see him significantly switching up what he says, you know, what he does or what he's used to calling because he all of a sudden he's got a defensive mind head coach. I think Todd Bowles is a professional. He's going to, you know, he's, he's obviously seen what Byron Leftwich can do. He trusts Byron Leftwich. Uh, Bruce Arians is one of his best friends. If, if Bruce Arians trusts um, Leftwich, then he's going to trust Leftwich. I think they, you know, this thing just keeps rolling. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. So, uh, moving on to the AFC West, the most intriguing division in football. Like it has to be the most intriguing division in the NFL. Like no questions asked. Um, but somebody has to finish fourth, and only one person, only one team can finish first. So, with that being said, fourth place the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, that's just way the way the cookie crumbled here. I I mean, there's. They're going to be a good team. They're going to be a really good team. Uh, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Um, you know, they, they've got weapons on offense between Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. Um, you know, the running backs are going to be, uh, you know, by committee, most likely Josh Jacobs, Amir Abdullah, uh, Zamir White, um, Brandon Bolden. I, so, you know, these guys are going to be um, – Multiple on offense for sure. Uh, I think defensively, you know, the pass rush is going to be strong. They've got Chandler Jones. They've got Max Crosby. Uh, so I think that defensively they'll be strong with the pass rush. I just don't think that they'll – I don't – something is missing with the Raiders uh, that these other teams – and maybe it's the magic at quarterback, right? Maybe if you take the quarterbacks from these other rosters and you put them on the Raiders, like I feel – you know, you flip flop Derek Carr with whatever quarterback is, you know, one of these other quarterbacks. Like I might feel this, you know, that that team is going to finish fourth. And that's probably what it really comes down to. Um, so that being said, yeah, third is this one hurts, but it's the Chargers, man. It's the Chargers. You guys know I'm basically like a, a, a closet a Chargers supporter here. Uh, you know, just I think that they. Uh, Justin Herbert's one of the best quarterbacks in football. Uh, Brandon Staley was one of my favorite head coaching candidates uh, in, you know, the coaching, the hiring cycle from two years ago. Um, so, you know, I think that's probably why I like them so much. And, uh, you know, Derwin James, he's an excellent football player, one of my favorites to watch. Um, you know, so just, you know, that aspect of it is probably why. I really like the Chargers so much and why I, I support them, you know, when I watch them play and things like that. Um, but I do have them finishing third here. Uh, yeah, I, again, this is going to be tough. This division is tough. Um, you know, I, I, 
I just it's tough to choose a team to win and dominate these, you know, all the other teams in this division, right? Like there's they're gonna split some and you know there's there's gonna be teams here um you know that steal from from another team, right? Steal a game from another team, right? So they're just all gonna beat up on each other. Uh but ultimately I think the Chargers finish third. I've got the Chiefs finishing second. Uh, I think the loss of Tyreek Hill is is uh, definitely a factor, definitely plays a factor, uh, but it's it's something where uh, I think that the you know the the lack of a true run game, like consistent run game, uh, is going to come back and bite the Chiefs. Uh, you know they they not saying that they have to run the football. It's just the fact that like they don't have a guy where they can look to. And they could say, hey, we're going to give you the ball like 25, 30 times just because we have to, right? Like Damian Williams filled that role for them. Um, they don't really have a guy like that right now. I know that, you know, Clyde, they they want they drafted Clyde to be that. They wanted him to be that. He hasn't really been that. Although I do think Clyde has a better PPR year than people might think. I've been banging that drum for a little bit. But uh, I think ultimately that's going to be what, what hurts this Chiefs team as they get into – you know, November and not November, but, you know, just January and, and, and February. So, uh, and the number one is the Denver Broncos. Uh, I think ultimately what it comes down to is Russell Wilson is obviously um, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but I think that they also have a defense that's dominant uh, and their, their pass rush, uh, you know, Bradley Chubb is, is obviously there, um, but it's really their, their secondary, uh, you know, Patrick Sertan at corner, um, the, you know, they've got Jeff, uh, Justin Simmons at safety. Uh, you know, I'm blanking on who the other, the other corner is. Uh, then they have a Bryce Callahan and then they've got another corner there, but their secondary is like clamps, right? So like, uh, I think when you combine that with the offense that they're going to put in with Russell Wilson, allow him to throw the football, they're going to have this run game as well. I think that this is a situation here where the Broncos uh, can really, um, you know, set themselves apart in the, in the AFC West. And that was tough. Uh, moving on to the NFC West. Number four, no surprise, is the Seattle Seahawks. It has to be. I mean, you go from Russell Wilson to some combination of Geno Smith and Drew Locke, it's, it's going to be bad. So, uh, Seattle, good luck to you. Um, I think that Pete Carroll, uh, you know, could be could be the last year for you there in Seattle. Um, the you know, I don't know, wasn't there when the decisions were made to move on from Russell Wilson, but um, yeah, that can't be one where. You, you know, you 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 make a decision like that, and you you survive to to see the fruits of your labor. Um, number three is the San Francisco 49ers. Um, yeah, I I really don't know. There's another team that I support here more than the New York Jets, or as much as the New York Jets, more than the Chargers, or as much as the Chargers. It would have to be the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, so, um, yeah. The Niners having them here at third is not one that's ideal for 
for you know me and you know my rooting interest in terms of like Kyle Shanahan and um, you know loving what he does. And obviously, if I love Trey Lance this year, then the Niners. I'm expecting big things out of them. But um, yeah, I just it just really comes down to uh, you know the the I guess the inexperience at, at quarterback, right? Like I mean. You're, you're going from Jimmy Garoppolo to to Trey Lance, and um, you know it's kind of similar to the Matthew Matt Ryan and, and Carson Wentz thing, right? So like maybe some of those things are hidden that we can't see, but um, you know the Niners have a strong defense; they're going to have a strong run game. Um, Trey Lance is going to make plays, so I think that they can definitely um, you know make a run here, and you know either make uh you know make the playoffs or potentially you know finish even higher in this division than i have them ranked but uh it's definitely gonna be a team to watch for sure uh number two is the arizona cardinals um so you know kyler murray in i think this is year four for kyler um so you know cliff kingsbury in i think year four for him as well not somebody that I've always been was high on Cliff Kingsbury year one, but then these last couple of years I was a little bit lower on Cliff. Um, you know, especially after after 2021, um, or 2020 rather, uh, you know, I was lower on Cliff and and he's definitely somebody that <clears throat> his methods are a little mm, less than desirable sometimes some of the decision making that he that he that he makes and some of the decisions that he makes uh some of the spots that he puts Kyler Murray in um but you know they continue to win uh they won last year they made the playoffs last year uh albeit it was not a great performance but uh you know I I think that they have enough talent to to win uh their defensive you know the the talent on defense is um you know, better than it has been in years past. So I, I definitely think that the Cardinals are a team that can, you know, make some noise in the, in the, in the NFC playoffs for sure. Right. And when you have a quarterback like Kyler Murray, you, you know, you always have an opportunity to make some noise there. Um, and then number one is the LA Rams, uh, the Super Bowl champions. Uh, no reason really not to have them here as the one seed. Uh, you know, they've pretty much the whole, the, you know, the core is returning, uh, you know, you've got Matthew Stafford, you've got Cooper Cup, you swap out Robert Woods with Allen Robinson, you, you know, you've got Aaron Donald on the defensive side of the football. Um, you, know, you bring in a Bobby Wagner, you've got a Jalen Ramsey. Uh, you know, you lose Von Miller, but um, you know, th- they still are, they still have that that core in place to allow them to continue to be a dominant team in the NFC, right? And so Sean McVay, one of the best coaches in football. Um, you know, I think that he's going to continue to do uh, what he does with the Rams to to make them a contender. So that wraps up the divisions. Um, let's jump into the playoff teams. No, we just ran through the divisions. Let's jump through the playoff teams. And um, my AFC playoff teams. I already told you who the division winners were, so let's just start there. Uh, at the one seed, I've got the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the two seed, I got the Denver Broncos. 
The three seed, I got the Cincinnati Bengals. The four seed, I have the Indianapolis Colts. At five, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. At six, I have the Los Angeles Chargers. And at seven, I've got the Baltimore Ravens. And that one was tough because, you know, again, we talked about the the Vegas the Vegas Raiders, right? Like you could theoretically put all four AFC West teams in, but then that means you can't put in another team from another division that that didn't win their division, right? So that means you can't put in a team like Baltimore. You can't you can't put in a team like Tennessee. <clears throat> you can't put in a Miami, um, you know, Miami or New England, whoever wins that team that division or whoever comes second place in that division, right? So, um, in these instances. I, I, you know, I had to go Baltimore here as the seven seed. Uh, so, you know, it's don't feel bad about it for sure. Uh, anytime I can, you know, pick Lamar, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to like my chances there. Um, <clears throat> moving on to the NFC side. Um, I've got the Dallas Cowboys is the one seed. The Los Angeles Rams as the two seed. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the three seed. Green Bay Packers as the four seed. As the five seed, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. As the six seed, I have the Arizona Cardinals. And as the seven seed, I have the San Francisco 49ers. So, yep, my Niners make it in anyway. Um, I said my Niners, but you know what I meant. I'm a Jets fan. I don't want people hit me in my mentions talking about, oh, John's a Niners fan and a Niners fan. <clears throat> I said we by accident. Freudian slip. Anyway, um, I guess I'll give my MVP and my offensive player of the year before I go to the Super Bowl picks. Um, and with the offensive player of the year, this was tough because I was really going between two people. It was between Jonathan Taylor and Justin Jefferson for me. Uh, but I'm going Justin Jefferson on this one, man. I mean, <clears throat> we just saw Cooper Cup, um, you know, win that award last year and, you know, get the triple crown, receptions, yards, touchdowns. And, again, I've talked about this. Um, you know, every time I've had an opportunity to discuss the wide receiver position, or every time I've had an opportunity to discuss Justin Jefferson, uh, or I mean, anytime I've had an opportunity to discuss Kirk Cousins, right? I think that Kevin O'Connell is going to make an impact here on the Minnesota Vikings, uh, and one that is going to, you know, similar to what we saw from Austin Eckler, you know, in in the um, Chargers offense taking on the 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 Alvin Kamara role and pretty much delivering to a T, right? Finishes the RB2, had, I think, 20 touchdowns, um, you know, had 900 yards rushing, about 600 or 700 yards receiving. Like, he played it to a T. And this is what I'm expecting from Justin Jefferson, right? To play that similar role that Cooper Cup did. And it, that means – being a triple crown award winner uh, from a guy who, again, Austin Eckler, you could debate about whether 
he's more physically gifted or talented than Alvin Kamara. I would go with Alvin Kamara on that one, but you could legitimately make that argument if you wanted to. You're not going to convince me that Cooper Cup is more physically gifted or athletic than Justin Jefferson. I'm not saying that Cooper Cup is not athletic or physically gifted or at all. I'm not saying that one bit. But just watch Justin Jefferson and the stuff he does and the sauce he's giving people on Sundays. And Cooper Cup is saucing people, but it just doesn't look the same as when Justin Jefferson is doing it. And, you know, you give Jefferson those opportunities. You put him in those positions to make some of those plays. And I'm pretty sure he's going to deliver. So, um, yeah, Justin Jefferson is the offensive player of the year for me. Most valuable player of the year for me is going to be Russell Wilson uh, of the Denver Broncos. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I think that, you know, we're going to see some things from Russ that we haven't seen before. He's going to throw the football at a high clip. He's going to throw touchdowns at a high clip, which he's always done. Uh, but if the attempts go up, then the touchdowns are going to go up, right? So uh, I think that, you know, with Denver having traded all those assets for him, having signed him to this to this big money contract, that they're going to, uh, you know, lean on Russell Wilson, and they're going to want to show that that was, you know, the smart decision to make. And they want to show that, you know, it was smart to, to trade for him. It was smart to pay for him. Uh, you know, pay him all that money. So I think ultimately here, uh, Russ is awarded his first MVP, uh, of the first MVP of his, of his career. So um, moving on to the Super Bowl picks, right? So I read that playoff teams. I, I, I did go through the scenarios here, you know, earlier today. I'm not going to break them all down. But I will tell you who my final two are. And uh, trying to quickly think who the home team is. I believe it is. I believe it is the AFC this year, which is the home team. I quickly look that up. Um, yeah, I guess I couldn't quickly find it, but, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't want to give away who I have winning, so I'll just say uh, we'll do it alphabetically. I've got the AFC representative Denver Broncos facing off against the NFC representative Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I have the Broncos making it out as the two seed and the Eagles making it out as the five seed. So I actually went with the Denver Broncos here over the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and yeah, I didn't, uh, it was definitely tough to go through the, to go through the scenarios. Uh, and obviously I'm prognosticating on this in, in, on September 5th. 2022 on something that is like three or four months away. So bear with me on those, but definitely uh, took the Broncos over the Eagles. And if you did want to take that bet, the Broncos are plus 950 on DraftKings Sportsbook to make the playoffs. 
or to 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 make the Super Bowl. Uh, the Eagles are plus one thousand on DK to make the Super Bowl, and the Broncos are plus eighteen hundred uh, to ultimately win. So um, those are three bets that I put down a little something something on today to put my money where my mouth is. So that's what we'll be rooting for for the year. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, everyone, that's my predictions for the 2022 NFL season. Uh, definitely appreciate y'all kicking it with us on this Labor Day evening, uh, rainy in the New York area. But definitely come check us out for our regular season programming starting on Wednesday evening. We'll be back right here on Thursday for you to preview uh, the you know part one games. This means pretty much all the 1 p.m. games. Uh, then right back here on Saturday morning to do game previews part two, uh, where we review or we'll preview all the remaining games on the slate. And then we're back here on Monday to recap week one and the week that was. So excited to first some NFL football the next time we will see y'all the next time we'll be on here. We'll be talking about an actual NFL game that matters. And we'll be talking about helping you out with your fantasy lineup. So definitely um, tap in with us on Wednesday. when We do our Thursday night previews of the Buffalo Bills traveling to LA to take on the LA Rams. And until next time, everybody, we appreciate you. We love you. And, uh, make sure you subscribe, hit like, do all that cool stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Peace.